0: we're leveraging technology we're often likened to the uber of real estate or the netflix of real estate another little saying we have would you own would you want to own a blockbuster store if you knew that netflix was here the answer is probably not
1: in today's show we dive deep into a company that you could potentially see in an episode of black mirror in the future Stephen lee is the international expansion leader for exp reality in australia EXP Realty, a real estate company that started in the depths of the global economic downturn in 2008, uses a virtual reality workplace platform called Verbella for its operations. Their commission split of 80% beats all the other traditional brokerage splits. Furthermore, after the first $80,000 generated, 100% of the commissions can be kept by the agent. The company is traded on the Nasdaq as EXPI and has exploded from $9 to $102 since May 2020 with plenty of room to grow. EXP Reality is recruiting new agents at a rapid pace while expanding their operations all around the world. Apart from the main countries of the United States, Canada, UK, and Australia, EXP has started operations in India, Mexico, Portugal, and South Africa. EXP is headed by their visionary leader, Glenn Sanford. The future of work is truly virtual. In today's episode, we cover EXP Reality's expansion plans, workplace culture and management quality, technology adoption, including virtual reality, agents being owners of the business, eXp competitive advantage, and how people can join eXp reality. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the Pay Now Buy podcast. Thank you so much for coming in.
0: That's, you're welcome, Ash. It's uh, great to finally see you. We've been communicating up until now, so great to see you.
1: Great to have EXP Reality has been doing extremely well over the last year. So could you please please briefly explain how EXP Reality has accelerated its sales and its growth trajectory during the roller coaster of a year we had?
0: Hmm. So let me, that's that's a very broad question. I'll try and answer it in a condensed way, but then we might go back later saying, how did Stephen Lee end up getting involved in this thing called EXP? Because I've been in the industry 20 years and so I might cover some of that by way of some background because I think, you know, when there's a little saying in EXP, when you've seen it, you can't unsee it. And I'm talking there about the value proposition. So, so in simple terms, what attracted me to EXP was um, the, the very generous nature of the overall company. So we're able to share a lot of the commissions, the hard-earned commissions that our agents earn back with the agent. And when they get to a certain level, and that certain level in Australia is a 100,000. So up to a 100,000, they're on a 70-30 split. The agent keeps 70, we get 30 up to that hundred thousand at a hundred thousand we call that capping and then they keep a hundred percent of all the commissions they earn so when i first saw that i thought wow there's nobody really in australia being that generous Uh, how can we afford to do that because our entire business is cloud-based so we don't have the typical restraints of owning offices paying leases on offices which um, not only during the current time of covid some of those offices had to be closed uh, there was lots of expense associated with them. Um, we're, we're not advocating that everyone closes down their real estate office. We're just saying we have a model that when or if you should ever decide that you'd rather have less cost in your business rather than what you have now. Well, then we might be an alternative for you because you can strip out the entire costs of that business or that building or that lease by being with eXp so that's in broad terms we're leveraging technology we're often likened to the uber of real estate or the netflix of real estate Uh, another little saying we have would you own would you want to own a blockbuster store if you knew that netflix was here the answer is probably not Uh, and so we liken that a little bit to what we're doing Um, you know do you want to have an office when longer term would you rather not have the cost associated with that Um, in simple terms that's what we do. That's great. So
1: I've, I wrote an article about eXp reality, but uh, during our conversation before you said the model of eXp reality and how it works in Australia is a bit different to each other. Could you explain about that?
0: Yeah. So the, essentially the business, the business model is the same in terms of its structure. It's cloud-based. A lot of the costs are taken out of it. The things that are primarily different are some of those splits that I refer to. So some of the numbers and I'll explain what I mean by that. So I explained before we have a 70-30 split. So 70% is is to the, kept by the agent of the commissions there, and 30% comes to us up to that hundred thousand. In the US, that's different. They have an 80-20 split with an 80,000, and this is US dollars. So when you do the translation, it's pretty similar. In fact, um, theirs is probably higher than ours in in relative terms. So so those two things are different. Um, we both have our normal monthly fees our monthly fees in Australia are $199 a month to, to get access to all of our systems similar in the US um, and then we have a transaction fee every transaction that we manage getting through to when Commission's payable we have a fee of $250 um, happens to be in the States the same value so um, and then when we talk about later how we reward our agents for helping us grow we call that revenue share and we can explore that a bit further uh, we're a publicly listed company, so we award stock to our agents. Uh, all of that is exactly the same in the U.S. as it is here. The only difference being is that we award an equivalent number of items of stock to the equivalent Australian value of dollars that we give yeah. we give back to you. So they're the only difference, but fundamentally... All of our businesses around the world now, and we've now just opened in five new countries. You may have read recently we've we've opened in from South Africa and Portugal and France and Mexico. So that's great news. So all of our countries operate a similar model, being very generous to the agents, allowing allowing them to keep more of the commissions that they earn, and also being able to benefit from those other additional revenue streams like revenue share that we give to the agent for helping us um grow our business. Essentially they're introducing other agents to our business. Not not in a in a proactive way, even often, you know, if Ash were to join EXP uh, and you've got a lot of people that know you in the real estate world, Ash is going to get a lot of phone calls saying, Ash, I see you've just left, let's let's say it's Ray White, I see you've just left so and so, but you joined the EXP. Is that, that American company? Yeah it is. What's it all about, Ash? And suddenly you get the opportunity to tell your story, why you've done what you've done, and suddenly you know that snowballs um, so talented agents attract other talented agents and they're often followed and people go okay I think I should look at this if ash is in there it's something I need to look at that's how we've grown so dramatically in the US by uh, giving back some of those company dollars that we collect but giving them back to our agents to help us grow the business
1: Yeah. so in investing we like to use the term mods so exp reality kind of have their networking mod which the likes of Facebook, Amazon, they have as well, because the value of the whole company increases when the number of users increase.
0: Correct, and and I'll just share a little story with you. I was in um, an international meeting this morning. We meet once a month, um, our president of, of International, or EXP Global, Uh, a guy called Michael Valdez, he meets with all of us in our auditorium in EXP World, which is uh, this this virtual world that we have, this this online campus. So we're in the auditorium this morning as avatars, and um, I shared with them, I said, let me just share a story with you. It was only last June. I joined the company in May of last year. Uh, I then flew to Florida in June of last year for what we have every year. We have a shareholder summit. As you might imagine, that's to announce new things, new things happening. It was all very hush hush. So we were about to announce the UK opening and Australia opening, uh, myself and a colleague in the UK. Um, and our share price at that time, bear in mind, this was only last May, was around $7 something. Um, and the following day after these announcements, we got very giddy and excited. Uh, I think we went up to about um, 10 or $11 per share. And we go, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and here we are today, as we were just talking earlier, we're, we're now at $79 per share. So, you know, in a little over 12 months. So we've just had this massive exponential growth. We look at the numbers of agents that have come on. Um, we were, when I first started talking to eXp, they had about 8,000 agents. This was a couple of, only a couple of years ago. We've now got we've just tipped 40,000 agents, so the growth is phenomenal, and it, and it's it's kind of like the snowball you start pushing it down the hill, and, and it's getting traction and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, the more and more agents we we have, the more and more agents there are out there that are telling the story, um, and then of course we're involved in some of these new countries where Mexico is a good example. The the um, the expansion leader for Mexico was talking this morning. He opened two weeks ago, and he's already telling us that. He's got 400 agents who want to join the business. He's now onboarded 180 of those. So, again, this is just the phenomenal growth we're having. I feel rather jealous because he's growing much quicker than we are. <laughs> but um, he's got, it's, it's a bigger country, arguably, a bigger population. Uh, sometimes these countries have different, easier licensing regimes. We're very strict when it comes to Australia, so that can sometimes inhibit our growth because with a lot of hoops to jump through licensing regulations and so on anyway um so yeah he mr mexico he, he's pretty happy with what he's uh, with what he's doing so now
1: exp Realty has expanded to five countries in a short span of time and leveraging your already existing technology including Verbela, you can easily expand to many more countries is that the ultimate goal of exp Realty?
0: uh, absolutely it is and the is just one of those pieces of technology it's a very important piece and it's not for everybody initially everybody may not see the need to need to log into this exp world which essentially is a virtual campus visualize a a university campus with buildings in it and auditoriums and boardrooms and and, but um there will be a time where so for for the likes of me where i'm running a country australia there's a definite need for me to collaborate with my colleagues around the world uh, as so it happened to be two o'clock in the morning my time, which was 11 o'clock uh, Eastern time in, in the US. Uh, and then the other countries around the world probably had slightly friendlier times than, than I did. But so we met in the EXP world. So we log in, we're in avatars. I did get dressed, so I wasn't in my pajamas at, at two o'clock in the morning, um, but I can log in. I'm at my desk as I am now, and I'm logging in as an avatar. And My avatar I can make it walk and I stand on stage alongside my other colleagues and when I'm asked to speak My avatar can walk along. So it's, it's almost the more you do it The more real it starts to feel and I know that's gonna sound weird like I'm pushing this almost like a computer game, but um, it was built for the very reason of what it does it provides that extra level of, of being able to move around more I mean this is great that we can do zooms, but when you're able to walk around and go into different buildings and, and have meetings in people's offices, the more that, you know, it, it facilitates um, that um, a bigger sense of community. People are joined together. Uh, people can meet. Um, and we just recently held the shareholder summit I talked to before it was in Florida last year. Um, that was the last time we met. Well, actually it wasn't the last time we met physically at the end of the year, we had another conference in Las Vegas. Uh, and, and then of course we've had, we've not had those same things. But we didn't let that stop us. We built a virtual village of visualized Darling Harbour in Sydney. I don't know if you've been to the big convention centre. We essentially built one of those in our world. So we could walk into an exhibition hall. We could go and meet people on different stands, different suppliers. Uh, we could go to breakout sessions. So we could do all the things that you would ordinarily do by getting on a plane and flying to a big convention centre in Florida. But we do it all now in that, in that virtual world. Um, and because of that and because it, we've got that technology and because of covid it, it's almost like we were built for times like this Um exactly. yeah. has now got increasingly more and more clients from harvard university um, we've got companies now uh, using that technology i think it's um it's either Borel or it's one of the mining companies um bnp i think it is out in wa so there's a number of companies around the world who are now using that same platform we use but to the benefit of their company so that you can have these meetings and conferences and all sorts of things and and virtual learning environments. Um, So yeah, it's an important part of our platform.
1: You said that Verbella is one of the few parts of the whole technology stack you have at um, at reality. What are the other technological
0: tools you use? Okay. So this does vary from country to country. So if we look at the US and Canada have the same system, uh, the UK is different, Australia is different. The five new countries we've gone into all have the same. And I think there's a um, there's a definite direction for the company that ultimately we we'll all end up being on the same platform. And let me explain what the platform is. Essentially, it's a, it's a CRM system. So it's where all of your clients are held. But more importantly, it's your listing system. So it's where if you go out today and a property 25 o'brien street wants to list their property with you for sale um, all those property details get entered into that system uh, pictures descriptions prices who are the agents who's agreed what commissions you know all of that is in that system that system then uploads to the major real estate portals in this country realestate.com.au and domain and others and um, so that's the core platform we have here it, it's um It's essentially a platform that allows a real estate agent to run a full real estate business it also talks to our trust account Uh, all the documents and compliance documents are all held in there as well on a per property basis Uh, but as i say longer term um, i believe we're going to be moving to have a common platform globally and if you think about scale how do you build a business like this with scale right around the world you have to have some commonality of technology So hence the reason why those five countries were mentioned earlier. uh, They're all now using that same common platform that does all of those things that we've just been describing. Ultimately, it's gonna feed into a global website, which means that anybody from around the world can seek out EXP and view properties in France or Mexico or England. So it'll be a global website of properties that are available uh, for sale. So that's where we're headed. We're kind of doing almost what Apple have done uh, and other international companies. But not without, or sorry, without the infrastructure that they have—buildings, head offices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, all of ours is is virtual. Whilst there's going to be a global website, um, so you can see properties for sale in different countries, um, it's not going to remove those um, legal obligations that we, we know that here in Australia. Um, you can buy property but it's got to be FIRB approved so, so it's got to be um, it's got to be approved by the government to enable somebody from overseas to buy it so our global website will not remove whatever legislation is in place that prevents overseas investors buying our property um, it's different from country to country as we know you know I, I'm originally from the UK so I'm a European citizen you know if I wanted to I, I could and although the EEC is now Disbanded. So how that leads at one time, I could buy a property in France or Germany or whatever. We were free to do that. Um, so again, each country will have its own legal obligations of who can and cannot buy property, in the, and, and that's to protect, you know, the country's um, economics. Um, yep. you, you know, certain countries need to protect their property pool um, from having lots of overseas investors because then local people can no longer buy them. So these regulations are in place for very good reasons. So I should have mentioned before, so our global website is a, is a short window to see it all, but it doesn't enable you to buy unless you follow whatever legal parameters are in place in each country.
1: Exactly, so we talked about the benefits and the opportunity created by Verbella. but uh, I've got one question. So real estate transactions between the vendor and the real estate agent, they are solely built on trust and communication. And that is mainly built through like face-to-face interaction. So, how does EXP reality actually overcome that barrier?
0: Okay, so the face-to-face um part of our business is still very important. So all of our agents are real-life human beings. They're, they're not avatars. Well, they are avatars when we go into the EXP world, and as you might imagine, that's just technology play. Uh, but they're real-life human beings. So, you know, we've got close on a hundred agents who are now part of EXP in Australia. Uh, their regular daily work is is reaching out to relationships that they have in their local communities we're now in five well we're licensed in five states so if i'm in melbourne um, and i'm an agent i'd be reaching out and connecting with you know homeowners property owners in exactly the same way as my competitors might be uh, to me become the agent of choice hopefully if a property seller wants to list their property for sale with me then i would handle the listing of that property and the sale of it in pretty much the same way as uh, other agents would do. The big thing though, the, the big weapon we have, if you like, is because that agent keeps the majority of the commissions, there is some more flexibility when it comes to market competitiveness. Uh, I'm not saying we discount our commissions, uh, but when it's, you know, we're in an aggressive market um, or a competitive market, it's probably aggressive as well, but we're in a competitive market space. So our agents perhaps have got a little more flexibility to be able to negotiate, whether it's to reduce the commission level, um, we don't like to talk about discounting, or whether it's to add more value by saying, hey Ash, by the way, when your property sells, I- I'm happy to refund you the cost of that ad that we're placing in you know, the newspaper or magazine or online. Um, so they, they have that flexibility, whereas working in a traditional office, and I'm, and I'm now only getting maybe half the commission I would normally get, um, I'm less likely to do that because I'm affecting my monies, I'm gonna earn less. so. I think for the agent they see that as an advantage um, should they wish to use it.
1: Yeah. So do you still do in-house inspections when when the seller wants to when a buy, potential buyer wants to purchase a property?
0: So we do a mixture. Obviously in these times it, it's varied depending on whether we've had lockdowns and, and not been able to do uh, those open houses. But assuming we're in normal regular times without covid then yes we would be doing open for inspections uh, virtual inspections um you know online tours so that they can log in and and we can show them around the property so with technology now we we use that stuff but equally for some properties there's nothing like the face-to-face meeting them at a property to be able to show them around or or having an open for inspection on a saturday where people can can come and view
1: okay so Let's talk a bit more about your expansion plans in Australia. So you actually started in Australia just last June, June 2019. And I couldn't actually figure out, I couldn't actually find out any numbers on the agents in Australia. Could you elaborate on that?
0: Yeah, so um, June or oh, sorry, May was when I came on board to start building the company because it, it didn't exist. So from bank accounts to registering the company to licenses and websites and you know all that technology all had to be built. Um, so we didn't open our doors until just over a year ago. It was on the second of December, two thousand nineteen. So we've been open just over a year. Um, we've learned a lot during that time. Uh, we've brought on board um, a number of agents. Um, so we're now close to we've recruited nearly 100 agents and um, for various reasons we've lost probably 20 around 25 of those for most of them and not because they don't like us it has been some have been affected by covid some have just put their real estate business on hold uh, some have decided to wait till covid's finished and then start again uh, and then others for, for other personal reasons that they felt that they needed to go back and work in an office because some people can't not everyone can work visually. So we're not presenting ourselves as the utopia of real estate. It, it's not for everybody. Um, so we're around 70 agents now. Uh, we've got another close on 40 agents who have registered their interest. Some have applied online. Uh, some have been approved. Some are now considering their agreements. Uh, some are working through the migration of leaving their business as it is now to join us in the new year. Um, so yeah, we're, we're encouraged, we've got, whilst I look at some of these numbers overseas, Mexico, good example, and others, massive growth, very quick growth. Somebody said to me the other day, Stephen, if you'd opened a real estate office a year ago, and you now had 70 agents working in that office, you'd be, you'd be a superstar, because that sort of stuff just doesn't happen. It takes you many, many years to build a, a big office. So um, yeah, we're pretty proud of the size that we've got to. Uh, we're forecasting by the end of next year, we'll be close on 300 agents, if, if not more. And we're currently in discussions with a group. Um, I won't say who it is, of course, but that, who have uh, a lot of agents. They have over 200 agents, and they're seriously now considering moving their model into become EXP. And I think there'll be increasingly a lot of those sorts of entities, whether they're standalone offices with 5, 10, 20 agents who are saying, "Is this the model? I, you know, do I want to have a blockbuster store moving forward now that Netflix is here?" <laughs> um, there's tongue in cheeks and a smile as I say that, but. Typically, there's some of the conversations we have, um, but they take some time to mature. Um, there's probably a little bit of fear there. What am I going to do if we don't have the office any longer? Well, they'll no, keep your office for a while, but but over time, you can choose the right time when you might have a smaller office because less of your agents come into it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, we have some neighbours not far away, like New Zealand, uh, so we have aspirations to grow into New Zealand. Um, at the moment, we're licensed in five states. We would look to be licensed in the remaining states uh, in the coming in the coming year, probably. So, if we look at you know from the Northern Territory or ACT, uh, Tasmania, um, yeah, we'd want to be licensed in those states as well. Um, we'd also want to be licensed for commercial real estate. At the moment, we don't have a, a value proposition for commercial. It's not a difficult thing, but so, so again, there's commercial, there's the additional states that we look to be licensed in. There's New Zealand, which is our neighbor. And then when we look at the international landscape, uh, Michael Valdez, the president of EXP Global, uh, already has plans to grow into a number of new countries next year. I can't release what those countries are. I can talk about the ones. It's the first time it's ever been done around the world is to expand into five countries without ever getting on a plane in the way that we have. And that took two months. So we expanded quickly in two months into five new countries. So if you translate that model into other countries where there's an appetite, a licensing regime even, Um, the the right volume of agents um, in those countries, then we look to those as opportunities to grow the business. In fact, Michael shared with me this morning, by the end of next year, we'll be roughly 25% of the size of the domestic market in the US. And the forecast is that globally, we could be, and he's already put this out there, by 2023, he would look that the international global agent footprint is larger than the domestic footprint in the US uh, and and Canada, US and Canada will include. So that's pretty exciting stuff. You know, in the next two years, the global business is going to be bigger than the one that we're currently talking about today, which has got 40,000 people.
1: So with those uh, ambitions, obviously they're not worried about competition like Zero, Zillow and uh, Redfin. But if are there any concerns of Zillow getting into that business model as well?
0: there are some areas of our business which are relatively easy to copy and you know some are the commission splits for example is one well yeah i can copy that if i want to Um, and some and i'll talk about and, and some of the other technology pieces we use you can get similar crm systems and other stuff some of the big differences is one is Vabella. So Vabella that owns our campus, uh, we own Vabella. We, we paid, I think, I'm, I'm told, 10 million US. We bought that company a few years ago. So clearly we own it for the reason that only us can use it for the purposes that we use it. So that is um, exclusive to us. Uh, could other companies potentially copy that? Well, well, they could, but it would, you think about creating what we've now got with Vabella because it's grown even since the time when we acquired it. Um, yeah, that would take some considerable effort and um, resources to build the equivalent uh, of that. Um, the other bit which is difficult to recreate is the value now that we've built in our public listed company, which is on the NASDAQ uh, ticker symbol EXPI. I was saying before about where it was trading just over a year ago to what it's trading as today. Um, and we don't just do that because we want to make Glenn Sanford wealthy. And the market cap, I think, is four or five billion now. It's not for that. Uh, e- when I first met Glenn, I said, you know, I saw this hockey stick thing. You know, we were growing steady, steady. And then we did this. What happened here, Glenn? And there were two things. Uh, one is that we, at that time, we bought a publicly traded company because he had a desire to want to give shareholding to every member of the EXP team. So every one of our 40,000 agents are all shareholders in the business. So at a deeper, warm, fuzzy level, I now feel like I belong to, to, a, to a company. I'm not just an employee. So that was one thing. And the other bit was creating the revenue share opportunity where we reward our agents for helping us to grow. So they were the two big ingredients. So you know, could other companies recreate some of those things? Maybe the, the stock holding thing would be quite difficult. You'd public your list and then get to the level that we have uh, to have the difficult to do and expensive to do. Um, revenue share model, potentially that could be um, duplicated where you reward agents for helping you grow. Um, But I think it's those are the two elements that the stock. Increasingly, as I talk to agents, the revenue split is attractive, but the more they hear about what the value of the stock was and what it is now and the fact that they get awarded with that stock. Um, And in some instances, um, we call it the ICON agent program. Uh, When an agent gets to a certain level, so first of all, they've got a cap, they've got to have done 100,000 and roughly 20 transactions. We give them back their entire $30,000 dollars they pay to us but we give it them back in stock, and we vest that stock some of it a large portion of it for three years, another portion for two years, and then a smaller portion we would just give it to you. you You've got it, you can sell it tomorrow so that's that's difficult to duplicate um, not impossible, nothing's impossible, but difficult to duplicate for any competitors.
1: Yeah, imagine if one of the agents had that thirty thousand given them given back to them last year, that thirty thousand would be three hundred thousand now plus.
0: You bet. And, and, and I, you, you do those maths when we were seven or eight dollars um, and you're awarded your thirty thousand dollars of stock at whatever quantity that was that, that, that you were buying but you'd certainly be buying a lot of shares and then accelerate that forward not just to where we are today two years later but another year you know what's the stock going to be worth um, in another year's time so that three-year vesting period is it's kind of you get your money back but with interest interest <laughs> and, and at a deeper level some people refer to it as well, it's kind of the golden handcuffs but I say they're not really handcuffs. It's kind of it's kind of golden arms around you, saying you belong to this entity, and we're going to give you stock. You, you, you're a part of this, um, and you're going to grow with it. Um, they, they, they say all rising boats in the harbour when the tide comes in rise at the same level, and that's Glenn's philosophy. He wants to be generous with everything in the business and see people, um, you know, build personal wealth and not for money's sake, but but uh, yeah, he wants yeah. he wants to share it around
1: so with the XP, you're not just a number you're actually part of the business
0: correct and when we talk about revenue share there, there are some other models in the us one big one is keller williams they have something similar they share stuff back but it's profit share so the big difference between profit share and revenue share is revenue share is gross it's not what how much profit is left when other people have spent monies from gross to equal net with ours, we commit up front and say we will commit X amount of our company dollar at gross level. Um, so it's not profit share, it's it's everybody participating in the value and the growth of the business. You talked
1: about Glenn Sanford. I was just checking his uh Glassdoor rating. So he has one of the highest Glasgow ratings I've ever seen. He's got 93% CEO rating, yeah. and he owns he has 30% ownership in eXpi. So he, like a lot of people have commented saying he's a visionary leader with very big long-term plans. What are your thoughts on him and the rest of the management on eXp Reality?
0: Um, I've been fortunate, fortunate enough to have met Glenn um, personally. Uh, he was over here in Australia at the end of last year. or Sorry, at the beginning of this year, just before COVID was really hitting. Um, so I've had the pleasure of, of spending time with him Um He's a very humble man. He's a very smart man, clearly. Uh, yeah. Most of his career prior to creating eXp, um, he's the first to say I had a lot of startups. Not all of them were successful. In fact, most of them didn't do very well at all, um, but he was a, a techie. He got encouraged to get into real estate, which he wasn't too keen on, but he did. And Then he started seeing all of these gaps of where things that could be improved to do things different. So With his technological brain, and just his passion for people, and and sharing he then established this was 10 years ago he established eXp so yeah so that's that's Glenn Um, I've also had the fortune to meet uh, people like Jason Guessing he's the CEO of uh, eXp Realty so that's the company with 40,000 agents and when I first reached out to eXp I'd left a company at that time I was uh, getting a bit frustrated and doing the same things expecting different results so I, I left and looked around and I saw a couple of videos on eXp and as they say when you've seen it you can't unsee it Um, And I thought if these people ever come to Australia, I think they'll do really well. So I reached out at that stage. I was fortunate. I didn't really know who he was, but I found Jason guessing. We had a couple of meetings like this. Uh, We liked each other. He liked my background, um, but they weren't ready to expand into Australia or other countries for that matter. Uh, Accelerate forward. to the start of last year, um, I was—I thought I'd landed the dream job. I was working for John McGraw down in Sydney. I was his head of talent attraction for his company-owned offices. But I get the phone call from Jason: "Hey, we're ready. What are you doing? Are you still interested?" So for me, that was a no-brainer. Yeah, let's get this thing going. And I said to him, the first time I met him was at that shareholder summit. And this gives you—and I'm trying to relate sort of some of the culture that I felt within this company. This—it sounds a bit loose to call it a family business, but it it, it really is as big as it is. So when I first met Jason, I saw him from and I knew him instantly, and we came across the room, and he just gave me a big hug. And on on one of my speeches that I made, I just made the point, because they were asking me this question, how would you describe the culture from what you've seen of all the people you've met so far? And I told that little story, and I said, here's the first boss I've ever had who on the first day of meeting him gave me a hug, first one. Uh, might be the last one but that's not that we're all huggy but (laughs) it it told me something about him as an individual and and as a human being um and also with glenn that so yeah we were part of this amazing family and and i hear that word almost every day or every week from somebody describing what it feels like to be part of um EXP. so and i think so big aspirations with the company big aspirations globally um we've recently acquired um a company called Success, so Success Magazine, you might know of it, is in the US. We recently acquired that business. Um, there's a whole heap more to it than just the magazine. There's a lot of key note speakers who are part of the, that stable of the business. We recently acquired that. Um, Glenn, I think he's got an appetite to. I'm not saying diversify, but I think that won't be the last acquisition we see uh, for synergetic businesses. If that, if that makes sense, I think in the US they've aspirations to. Potentially take on board some of the big websites, you know the Zillow's of this Uh world Um, so again, that might be something that we'll see in future days where you know, we'll have such scale that we can potentially control or bring the audience to us rather than potentially using uh, external third parties Uh, Got to be careful how we phrase that so you know realestate.com have got massive eyeball leverage. So has domain Um, I think it might be a long time before we we can turn that, um, but hey, who, who knows? Um, with, the, with the right sort of brand, um, international brand, could attract lots of consumers, so we'll wait and see.
1: Yeah, so yeah, so you've got a great management, great culture, uh, great environment for agents to grow, cutting edge technology. See if there's a, I'm a real estate agent, and I'm sold mm-hmm. to this, how can I get
0: involve, involved further? It's pretty simple. You can either reach out to myself uh, or even if you don't want to talk to me, you can hop onto our website Uh, and top right hand corner. There's an area that says join now. Uh, Join now. Really, all it is, it's an application process. You click on the button, you fill out a few details. The details you fill in will tell us whether you're a commission only agent or whether you own a business. So we'll then send you the relevant agreement for you to have a look at. Um, when you've made that initial application, we, we see it, we check it. If there's any gaps, we'll, we'll speak with you. Um, but at that stage, we we'll say, yep, approved. So at that approval stage, we then send you out the necessary agreement. Um, so it's it's very friendly. Uh, it doesn't mean sitting in a room and we, we look over your shoulder before you sign the agreement. That's not the way we operate. We say, you'll know if this is right for you. We, we almost don't have to sell it. Um, we, we'll position it, answer as many questions as you have. Uh, let you speak to as many agents as you want to speak to um, and the rest is yours. So yeah, hop on the website, have a look at join now or reach out to Stephen Lee. Typically in the industry, there's two types of agents. There's those agents who who run their own businesses. We call them independent contractors. Um, They have their own proprietary limited company. Well, they could be a sole trader but they're on a journey from moving from sole trader to having their own uh, entity so, so that's the business owner element and then there are those agents who who don't want all the hassle or if you like of running they don't want to run their own business uh, they just want to be employed by the company uh, on a commission only basis uh, there is a qualification however um the department of it's not the department of fair trading fair work australia uh, specify you cannot employ an agent on commission only unless they satisfy a certain criteria. So they have to satisfy the minimum wage criteria, which is roughly, they have to demonstrate they've earned $60,000 a year in a previous 12 months, sometime in the last three years. Uh, and we, we check that and we have to validate it. Otherwise we're getting into trouble from the government. Yeah. Uh, so that's the commission only agent, those two commission only agent or business owner.
1: Got it. Um, so yeah, so that's for current real estate agent. So mm-hmm. for a non real estate agent, who's actually interested in real estate, After hearing the prospects of EXP reality, what are the key steps they need to take before approaching EXP reality?
0: Yeah, so this is quite difficult for us. At the moment, we because of those things I've just mentioned before, the qualification of the minimum wage, we're not able to take because we're a new entity, we're not able to take on board agents who can't fulfill that criteria. Uh, So the advice I would say when somebody's considering real estate is. Uh, number one is depending on the state you're in, um, get get your real estate license, and that can vary from state to state. Um, in Queensland, it's roughly spending a week in a classroom or, or online and doing the course and and learning, and then you're awarded uh, your license. And I guess you, like any business, you learn as you go along as well. So yeah, consider your license um, in the early days. If you've not got your own business, if you've got your own business, you can, we'll welcome you on board and we'll help you. We have. A university, the EXP University, which is um, located in EXP World, so it's a virtual learning environment. Uh, if you don't want to attend during US hours, which might be unfriendly, uh, you can access what we'll term as Netflix content, so the equivalent of that, where you can just take whatever content you want and watch it at your own uh, your own pace. It might be negotiation skills, selling luxury properties, um, handling difficult uh, sellers, whatever. There's lots of content in there. Um, so yeah, business owners, we can welcome once you've got your license, uh, or if, you are, if you've already worked in a business um, and you've earned the commissions, we can welcome you as well. Uh, if not, I'd suggest look for a good agency where they will assist you. Um, you know, It could be one of the franchise brands. Um, become successful, if you like. Start learning the ropes, earn commission. Once you've earned that minimum of 60000 in a year, we'll welcome you with open arms, but up until then, we're not legally able to, legally able to do so.
1: All right. All right, Stephen. So we've covered a lot of ground. Any final words you want to leave the audience with before we close out?
0: I think I'd just welcome anybody to, to reach out, um, explore, um, walk the journey with us. There's no pressure. We'll handle things in pretty much the same way as we've done through this discussion. We, we answer people's questions. uh, We understand where they're at on their journey right now and, and offer some examples of, of what, life might look like if it is that they choose to join um exp but I, I appreciate ash you reaching out um for your energy and passion of what we're doing so i thank you sincerely for um yeah, reaching out and yeah i look forward to maybe receiving inquiries as a result of us getting together oh, yes yeah. like
1: of course my pleasure steven it was great having you thanks for your time
0: all right thank you ash i, I thank appreciate
1: you. thank you everyone for listening till the end of the show I hope you learned something useful and if you did, please make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Would love it if you could share it to anyone who may also find some value in it. That said, have a great day and take care.